Well, hello, and we welcome you to the World Travel Dad Show, where we help you travel intelligently with your family. With trip planning, money-saving tips, and funny stories, we are a resource for your next travel chapter. We are excited to have you here, and we hope our adventure helps you with yours. Tips, jokes, stories, and overall fun for your ears to enjoy. Now here's our host, World Travel Dad. Welcome in. You found the World Travel Dad Show. This is your host, James Olson, a.k.a. The World Travel Dad. On today's episode, I'm doing, as promised, the Turkey Travel Guide. I'm going to make my case to you, the listener, that you should consider a trip to Turkey. And for some of you, that might seem quite shocking, and others have had Turkey on their radar for quite some time. But whether you're planning a trip or just curious about the country, I feel that this episode can get you ready to travel to this majority Muslim country as a Westerner. And in this episode, I'm going to cover all the basics that you're going to need to get ready to travel to Turkey. So thank you so much for joining me today. So I've been doing shows, podcast shows from Turkey for quite some time now, and I've been posting on Instagram and showing some of the things that we've been doing, and even going back to last year when I was in Istanbul, I, I could tell there wasn't there wasn't a lot of um, interest in what I was providing from Turkey, so I tried to dig into a little bit more about what could be going on here and why it was that my audience, who is primarily Westerners um, from English-speaking nations. Now, that's not unanimous. We have listeners in Indonesia, Southeast Asia, but primarily Western-speaking audience and United States specifically. And so what was going on there? And I took a look at a map, and it looks like Turkey's very far from the U.S., and that definitely makes sense. I would add, though, that it's not much farther than Greece, I think that it would be a little bit out of the ordinary for someone to come all the way from the United States to this Mediterranean section of the world and having never been to Greece, just completely skip over Greece to come to Turkey. That would be a little bit strange. Um, That's what I did, Uh, but that's because we were already on our long trip and we were basically in the vicinity and my wife miscalculated our days in the Schengen zone this year. And so we had to cut our entire Greek vacation uh, out of our itinerary. I know no one's uh, shedding any tears for us on that one, but it did, it did sting. But I had some questions coming to Turkey. You know, was I going to like this place as much as we you know, were banking on? We had put a lot of eggs into the turkey basket so to speak, we, because of the Schengen rules that you're probably familiar with, and if you're not, it's pretty simple. You can you can't spend more than 90 days in in any European Schengen zone country. Uh, Turkey is not 
in the European Union, and it's not in the Schengen zone. Uh, you you can get a separate visa for Turkey, which is what we did, and that was how we were going to extend out our trip and finish up in July in Spain. But fortunately, Turkey uh, has delivered. Um, it's it's a wonderful country to travel to, and so the purpose of this episode is just to give you a, a quick rundown of some of the things you're going to need to know. It'll get you prepared if you're taking a trip to Turkey. I think it's a must listen for for any American family you know, with kids coming here. And like I said in the intro, if you are not taking a trip here, maybe you'll consider it. I think you can you can fly from the central United States directly into like Germany and just uh um take a sep you know take a, a separate uh flight over into Turkey. You don't even have to go to Istanbul, but you you know you you should consider it and then you go down the west coast, but we're going to we're going to get into that here today. Okay, the first thing I think we should talk about is the food. I've talked about this on prior episodes, but there are a lot of uh, different types of foods that you're going to see repeated, but there's some general themes. So the first theme here is spiced meats, uh, beef, chicken, lamb. Those are the, the meats, and then... Uh, fish. You're going to see some sea bass. You're going to see red snapper and something called sea bream, which is chupra in Turkish, with the kebab style being your primary pr- primary style of service of these meats. So there are various types of kebabs. If it's ju- if it just says kebab, you know it's going to be a skewered meat over some type of open grill. I had one yesterday on a charcoal grill, which was uh, fantastic, and I love that smell of charcoal. As we were kind of sitting there yesterday, uh, my son and I were having an, an Adana kebab. That's one of my favorites, and it's just two strips of, of meat served with some various sides, and we kind of smelled the charcoal. It kind of took me back to Southeast Asia a bit. They did a lot of grilling down in... Uh, you know, Thailand, Vietnam, and that's kind of a microcosm of Turkey a little bit. It's it it employ it has some elements of a, of Southeast Asian experience with a little. It's a little bit wild, but it but then it mixes in you know some European kind of sensibility and and some order from from a European style. So it's like a mix of the two for me. Now there's another type of kebab. It's, it's the dinner kebab, and that's something that Americans will be very familiar with because you see that in American cities a lot in other European cities. And that's the big kind of hunk of meat that's rotated around. Dinner just means uh, spin or rotate, I believe. And that's kind of slow cooked and thinly sliced, and that can be, that's wrapped in kind of this Middle Eastern tortilla kind of thing usually, um, and I had one of those last night for dinner. So I kind of did the full kebab gamut yesterday, and um, that, that's just a good day of eating in, in Turkey. There's something called a beti kebab, where it's a kebab separated out in pieces and wrapped, and that's something that my wife goes for. 
It's going to be served with some yogurt. Or uh, yogurt. And it's... It's terrific as well. You know, it, it really just comes down to... You know, how, how well is the meat spiced? You know, what type of cooking apparatus are they using? The pricing... The Adana kebab... You know, I, I like to price things in USD. I think that's helpful for people because before I got here, I didn't quite know what to expect. And if you're in a kind of larger town, you know, we're in Fedier right now, which is like a major, major tourist destination. So we pay around a little over $10 for an Adana kebab, USD. Now, it was quite a bit of food, and um, my son and I split that and a P-Day, which we'll talk about here in a moment, but... That's that's a little more expensive than maybe I was expecting coming over here. And I talked about this on an earlier episode, but if you're expecting the crash in the lira to help you price-wise, you need to readjust those expectations. Um, the, the way that the, in, in tourist towns especially, everything's priced more or less in British pound, US dollar, or euro. And, and that's how they look at it. So if the if the lira loses a bunch of um, ground and it's it's worth far less, then overnight they'll those cross out you know the previous prices and they'll put in the new higher price to reflect what they believe the market value is. Remember to always make sure you you see a price. Do not order anything if you can't see a price. You should ask. These are fluctuating uh, prices. And that's just, that's the reality of living in a, if, in a, in a society where, where the currency is on the verge of hyperinflating all the time. I should add on that point that President Erdogan, since being reelected, has uh, decided to do the right thing and he's going to try to raise interest rates. He's going to try to prop up the Turkish currency, which everyone has been telling him to do from day one. And so he's hired a couple of um, new uh, finance gurus. And one of, one of them worked um, on Wall Street for years and is American-educated. Uh, a woman, I forget her name, but I don't know. She seems young. She's, she maybe is kind of more with it than some of these old-timers. Not to be too ageist or anything. But maybe she can figure it out. I We'll see. I mean... Look, the thing, the thing that's strange about Erdogan is no, you can't really read the guy because he, he could do the right thing. I mean, he could kind of keep walking this fine line between the West and, and, uh, and, and con- conservative kind of religious people that want him to take Turkey kind of, I guess, backwards more or less. But it's a, it's a, it's a dance you have to do. And... It's a gigantic country with a lot of things going on. Lots of borders with conflicts. You know, this currency issue that's come up. And the, their currency is quite different from like a, a euro or something like that. One of these established currencies. So they have to be very careful. You know, one of these fringe currencies um, can really be affected by macroeconomics. I talk about that a little bit more on, on our other show. But we'll see how... We'll see how that plays out. It could be an interesting you know, few years here. Okay, the next thing are these pizzas. They're the Turkish pizzas. The the Lamajan. It's 
L A M U C H A N S Lamajan. Uh, remember the C. You know, it's a good idea to understand the phonetics of the language. The C is pronounced as a J, and anytime you have a little tail on a on an S or a C, it's pronounced as a C H or or an S H. Um, and then the G with the upside down triangle over the top makes it silent. You should at least know that part because then it can kind of you you want to be able to pronounce things correctly at least. You're not going to learn Turkish or anything like that. It's a very different language from from English or Romance languages for that matter. But you should at least know how to pronounce things. If you're talking to a cab driver or something, you want to know how to say the name of the street that your hotel's on, that type of thing. Lamagens are basically a P-Day that's circular. And a P-Day is a Turkish flatbread pizza that seems like it's not all that special but it can really get you out of a jam it can get you out of a hunger jam and so i would consider those p days very cheap uh, as long as there's a good oven and most of these places will have a good p day oven it's just very simple flat bread and you know, there's good good food products here so the the bread and the wheat's pretty good our, our friend thinks our, our Turkish friend here thinks that the quality of the products has been going way down over the years. I mean, I can't speak to that, but so far it's not bad. We go we go into the markets and we get some pretty good produce. Not sure what kind of you know pesticide use and all that stuff. I mean, I went through this when I was in Thailand. Uh, you know, I'm only traveling for a year, so I stopped worrying about eating you know gasoline and pesticides all over my fruit. You know, if you, if you give me a carrot the size of a football, you know, we can talk. But obviously, you know, back in the States, you know, there's Whole Foods and you have to be a little more discerning about what you're putting in your body, I guess. There are also things called guzlames. Now, in Fetier, we haven't really found many of them. But up in kind of the smaller towns up north in, in the Izmir region, you're going to see guzlames. They're, they're kind of pancakes. These are really good. These are... Again, very, very cheap. I mean, if you want, if you want to just get a cheap kind of meal, just grab P-Days, um, Very simple, very simple stuff, but can get the job done when you're hungry. And then there are mezlers. These are like mezes in, in Greece. And these are just little sides, little yogurty kind of side things. And I've seen these best employed when you go have a, have a rocky table, it's called, where you, you kind of... Get your friends around, get a bottle of Rocky, get a fish, get a big old sea bream, get these mezzelays, and uh, just kind of feast and, and do a cherafe and, and have fun. Um, we I haven't done many mezzelays since we've been at Fetier, but when we were in Dacha, I did those all the time. Um, they usually run you about, you know, three, $3 USD. Um, the anchovy one is quite a bit more expensive. Uh, it's pretty good, though. I'm not an anchovy guy, but it, it was pretty good. You mix it with some yogurt. Um, and then uh, bread is ekmek. Ekmek is a big part of every meal. Um, it's just, it's very good, and it just kind of in incorporates into the meal pretty well. So on the whole, I mean, I don't know a lot about Mediterranean cuisine. I just never really have. But I think, I think you're going to see a very similar cuisine to, like, Greece, maybe Mediterranean style, lots of olives, 
and just kind of with with a little more emphasis on on the spice meat but overall you know probably very similar to to greek and uh and other um mediterranean influences and remember you know turkey is is the what's left of the former ottoman empire which was a vast empire stretching through many areas this region you know stretching to romania you know stretching down into africa and so turkey kind of still incorporates some of that a lot of the people here in 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 this country you know they trace their roots back to you know the balkans and uh, i mentioned romania and um you know bulgaria and so these areas you know people have uh relatives and people used to make food a little bit different there so it's a it's a great you know melting pot of all these cultures and again areas that you know the western american tourist we're just not very familiar with well we we can take a short break and we come back we'll talk about the uh drinking culture the alcohol and the other drinks We'll be right back. Let's get back to this thing I'm calling a show. Okay, the big one here is the black tea. This is the ubiquitous little uh, cup of, of black tea. It's called Turkish tea or chai spelled C-A-Y, and the C has the little tail on the bottom. Uh, Turkish chai is a gigantic part of culture here, consumed many times per day. Uh, I have to admit, I am just not a tea person. I think Ted Lasso said it best when he first gets tea, when he goes to England, and he, he says, I always thought tea would just taste like brown water, and I, I just confirmed it. But the black tea here... Um, is something you can you can get if you're kind of if you don't want to get an alcoholic drink, but you want to order something, it's the thing on the menu. It's the only thing where you don't really have to worry about the about the price. Most places I've seen, it's like seventy cents, fifty cents. It's very cheap for them to make, and they just pour the stuff all day long. This is the drink that you you can have with your food. The next thing is the Turkish coffee, the Turk kavese. You can't. You you're not supposed to have this with food. So Americans, we do this all the time. We we want our coffee with our food. Gosh darn it. You know we. That's just how we do it. We want a big old cup. Well, Turkish coffee is a very small cup. It's not consumed with food. It's in between meals, and it is. Uh, there's there's grounds in the bottom of the cup. So, you know if you're if you're not into that, that's fine. I love really kind of all types of coffee. I mean, I just, I don't, you know, as long as it tastes like coffee and is and is part of a, a cultural experience, I, I love it. And the same with Turkish coffee. I mean, one thing, I make it here in my hotel room, and I do make like a triple. You know, I, I do think the little cup is a little tough. So, frankly, I, I don't really order the Turkish coffee out anymore. When I was in Istanbul, I was doing it, but... I'm kind of over that. I don't really do it anymore. And I think that's kind of what the locals do. I think if you want 
if you want to design your own Turkish coffee, you can do it back in your hotel room. But you have to get the little pot. So you have to have the little coffee pot. And I can't imagine these things are very expensive. So if you're here for a couple of weeks, go to a market, maybe spend a couple of bucks and get one of these things. And then go buy the, the little can in the store. And you can make it back in your room. Uh, one pro tip here. Put more grounds in than you're comfortable with. Every time I've tried to like do it how, I, how an American would and kind of balance it out, it's, it, it's not strong enough. You're supposed to really dump the grinds in there. And then, sure enough, if I kind of overdo it, that's when you get that richness of flavor. Uh, that's when you get that full experience. And um, I, I will admit, I, I drink it in the hotel room here when no one's looking uh, with my food. Uh, I just don't want to, you don't want to be seen out in public trying to pull that. You don't want to tag yourself as a complete, you know, gringo westerner right off the bat. And the the can of of these grounds is only a little over three bucks, so you know I I'm always uncomfortable. Um, I'm frugal, I'm frugal, not cheap, but I'm uncomfortable kind of dumping a bunch of grounds in. You know, then what's this costing me? But not much. Really quickly, there's the buttermilk Iran. That that's something I love, but I, I get it. Nobody really likes that stuff. Westerners, uh, we just we don't want to drink buttermilk. It just seems weird, but I think it's terrific. Uh, but try it. Maybe try it once. Goes, you know, if you get a kebab and a and a iron, you know, you're gonna look like you know what you're doing. Um, okay, alcohol. This is an important one. Remember, this is a majority Muslim country, and alcohol is is consumed sparingly in this country. It is not a huge part of the culture, uh, but they cater, you know, to to Westerners and also. You know, I think officially Turkey is like 99% Muslim, but come on. Um, I think it's maybe less than half are practicing Muslims. So people here, they like to drink beer, they like to kick back at the end of the day. The good news is, um, well, it's good news, bad news on the alcohol. You, The bad news is you don't have a huge selection, but the good news is you don't have a huge selection. I mean, you don't have to sit there and think, like, what am I going to get? You know, what should I try? There, there are only about two or three beers here. There's um, Ephes, which is Turkish way to say Ephesus, which is a um, an ancient Greek ruins site. So just think Ephesus. That's that's the number one beer. That's the one I had last night, and it you know never fails you. It's just a good crisp drinking beer. Um, you can get the malt or the Pilsen. I, I'm not a big Pilsen fan. I mean, I. I'd like it when I'm in like Czech Republic, but here I get the malt. I just like the like the, the rich taste of that malt. And then there's a couple others. Toborg, which is a Danish beer company. Uh, I have no idea how, how that happened or some Danish company got to come in here and have some beer monopoly. No idea, but obviously something shady was going on there. Okay, the wine here is really good and it's not very expensive. There are a couple of different grapes. There's the one, Calicadere. The the you'll you'll recognize it starts with a K. That's the one that Westerners can pronounce, and so naturally that's the one that people kind of bail on. You know that that's their bailout wine. They grab that in the in the grocery store, but that's not my favorite. And I think you should try um, one of the more difficult ones to pronounce. And I have one for you. Let me see if I can. 
pronounce it on the spot. It is the Bakuguju Boazkeri. Bakuguju Boazkeri. That, that's a that's a mouthful. That one you'll recognize. It's just two kind of long words. I recommend this grape. I really like this one. It's about ten dollars, ten USD for a bottle of of decent tasting wine, and it doesn't give you a terrible headache. Don't drink too much of it. You know, drink a bottle of anything and get a headache. But um, this is really good with the food here. And again, I'm talking red wine. I don't know anything about white wine. I I I tried. I don't like white wine. I never never will. So I'm talking reds here. Um, there's also they do a they do a Syrah kind of blend stuff and, and that's okay. But that that one I mentioned, if you're gonna go local, um, that's the pro tip one. And um, uh, if you know if you come all the way over to Turkey, they have they have imported wines. But you know, I have no sympathy for you if you if you buy one of these like imported Italian wines. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do your research. That's why you're listening to this podcast. When you get here, you're gonna go. You're gonna go try to get one of these, uh, one of these kind of local ones. Yeah, that's the good stuff. And then the so the liquor situation. I mean, you can you can get it in liquor stores. It's it's very expensive. They're they've, they're clearly highly taxing liquor. They're using a sin sin tax formula. Um, I get it. It's not a terrible idea if you if you don't want you know. I think, I think the leadership here would rather that nobody drank alcohol at all. I think that's going a bit far, but they, you know, they're they're allowing it. Um, they realize that people are, you know, want to drink, want to want to have some way to kind of unwind, have it with their food, but it's highly taxed. So you come here trying to get whiskey and stuff, that's going to be kind of a bloodbath. That's not going to go very well for you. Um, there's really no if you like hard alcohol there's no real out i think the vodka is kind of cheap um the rocky so that's the that's the number one product that's what they do well here that's the anise flavored stuff that's that tastes like ouzo or a french pastis if you're familiar with that you dilute it with water it turns white it's kind of a fun exciting thing you drink too much rocky you're gonna have rocky sleep of course but that's that stuff's um probably about the more most reasonably priced it's still more expensive than it used to be but you can get a 50 cl bottle of that it'll last you for a couple of weeks it's uh considered i guess wikipedia calls it an aperitif i mean i kind of i drink it yeah i mean i guess i see that but i i drink it after dinner too and with dinner because it kind of it's kind of a digestive too so it's kind of multifaceted it does a lot of things Okay, if you if you want to do some traveling in Turkey on the on the west coast here, um, getting a car is not a terrible idea, and so that was the thing that I was kind of intimidated about coming here, is uh, you know how's the driving sitch gonna be? So I recommend getting having cell coverage so you can um, interpret anything you need um, if you're roadside you need to figure out what a sign says i still don't know what some of these signs say <clears throat> but we we dropped our car off and i didn't i didn't get any speeding tickets i was never really in any kind of dangerous driving situations the freeways are pretty mellow 
uh, people don't drive too fast out on the freeways. Sometimes in the cities they drive a little fast. But the driving is pretty straightforward. You're, you're on the right side of the road for an American. Um, just observe speed limits. They're in kilometers per hour. We had some friends that got in a minor fender bender, and they were told by a police officer that they had to have an international driver's license or something, and we ver- we looked into that, and I couldn't verify it. I don't think you do. I mean, when I rented my car, they, they didn't ask for an international license, but who knows if, the, if that guy was really up on the latest rules. We picked up our car in Izmir, which is the second kind of largest city in that region outside of Istanbul. And then we dropped it off in Dalaman Airport, which is down the coast. I think 99% of Westerners are going to come to this West Coast area. And I can't disagree with that. I think that's a really good start. I mean, um, I have some... If you, if you look at some of the prior episodes and listen to the ones I did in Turkey, you can tell kind of which were my favorite towns. But there's a smattering of these small towns... Uh, Kosh is an, is another town south of here we never got to. Antalya, of course, that's a, that's a bigger town. It's supposed to be kind of a glitzier resort. There's Gojek. That's um, the uh, that's where like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, they keep their yacht in Gojek, Turkey. That's a fun fact. Um, locals love to kind of point that out to you. Um, I thought that was interesting. I don't know why they're why they're in Turkey, other than maybe maybe it's a little cheaper, but it's beautiful. I mean, you're in the Mediterranean, you know. That's that's kind of why this region's pretty amazing because it's still you, know, you can see Rhodes, the island of Rhodes in Greece. You can kind of see it from the shore here, so that's kind of cool. But I I don't see any problem um, as long as you you know if your credit card offers rental insurance, I don't see any problem renting a car here. I don't see why. As an American, you should be concerned or worried about doing that. And then you have maximum uh, flexibility to do the type of day trips you want. Uh, we dropped our car off in Dalaman, and we took the bus down to Fedye. <clears throat> and while here, you know, we to go to Olu Deniz, which is you know one of the more famous beaches around here. It's beautiful, beautiful blue, clear water. And we had to take the local bus over there takes about an hour and um it's a little bit um uh, of an inconvenience but it's very cheap and then we reward ourselves by hopping a cab all the way back to our town here and that um that's a luxury that's an indulgence but the public public transportation in turkey has been pretty amazing uh pretty amazing bus system pretty amazing local bus system um, they've done a very good job with that. So that that's one of the things that makes um, makes a vacation here really convenient um, and something something to think about. If you if you can get over that initial kind of mental block of you know thinking it's just too outside of your comfort zone or something like that or or too far away. I mean, it is kind of still close to Central Europe, so you're within uh, a quick flight over from you know. Germany somewhere in there so why not why not do something crazy and we tried to get our friends to head over to Turkey and they were kind of like what are you you crazy and uh, but it's definitely 
definitely a place to consider. So let's see, we covered kind of the places to visit. I, I would put together an itinerary that that encompassed some Istanbul. It's one of those like cities you just have to see. It's amazing. And um, and then head down the coast. And whether you take a bus to Izmir or maybe pick your car up there and then kind of drive down. Um, the Dacha Peninsula is beautiful. Um, tons of historical ruins and uh, you can kind of piece together whichever towns you want to see on the coast um, I'd, I'd stay a few days in each town and if you're if you're going to move around quite a bit because you want to get the feel for each town and you want to get the rhythm you know, we've been in Fede for quite a while and it's it's amazing I mean I could, I could spend a summer here it's just kind of a a nice laid back feel but some of the other towns are a little more unique and a little more of the richer cultural experience than Fedier. Fedier is very touristy. But Dacha, on the other hand, you know, we, we hardly ever heard it English spoken. That was very kind of a local spot. Um, and then Dalian was, was very touristy, but it was more outdoorsy feel. So beautiful towns. I was very impressed, very pleased um, with how it's all set up here. Another thing along with the public transportation that makes these towns so pleasant is the um, dedication to trash. Uh, they take trash extremely seriously here. Um, it kind of makes me feel guilty. Like who, you know, is this, I guess this is coming out of taxpayer dollars. I mean, the trash system here is completely dialed in. It's like daily trash pickup. There's hardly ever trash on the streets. It's extremely clean, and I I need to you know I gotta tip my hat to them for that because if you're I don't know what it'd be like to live in Turkey. I mean I guess people love it. Uh, expats. I, I mean um, I don't know if I could do that, but but staying here for a few weeks, um, you know having it be so clean and uh, you know good for them. I um, it's it's a majority Muslim culture and it's a in Islam's very clean kind of culture. You know, you, you clean yourself before you pray, and it's it's this kind of pious dedication um, to the to the Prophet Muhammad, and um, it, it, it's you know it's very it, it's Islamic, but you know Americans we hear that and we're kind of scary. You know, we don't know much about it, but it's it's a very tolerant society. I mean, it's not like. You know, people aren't shaking their head at you if you're if you're having a beer. Um, I think it I think it works well. I think it kind of it, it's a it's it's a more tolerant Islam than than maybe some other parts of the of the Muslim world. Um, the call to prayer that's the over the loudspeaker in these towns. I mean, um, that's very interesting. That's kind of shocking the first time you hear that stuff. Um, absolutely, that, that's that's you know five times a day. Um, in some of the tourist towns, I mean, they don't have loudspeakers on every corner. Um, sometimes at, at 5 a.m. I hear I hear the one here, and uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, wake you up and then just get back to bed. And and if you have any further interest in learning more about it, you know, visit a mosque. You know, get a guide. You know, figure out. Um, you know, and make sure. I, I said this back in the Istanbul episode, but. You know, make sure to you know take your shoes off, cover yourself up properly if you're if you're a female. I heard one American tourist um, 
I don't know if he's Amer- he sounded American. Well, let's call him let's call him Canadian. How about that? He he didn't go into the mosque because they were making him take his shoes off. And I it was this beautiful mosque in Istanbul and I thought that that's ridiculous. Just take your shoes off, man. You came all the way as part of the world, and you're not gonna experience that 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 part of the culture. Let's see, I think we've covered most everything. Uh, obviously if if you have any specific questions, you know, reach out to me. Um, oh, uh, communicating, is, is that a problem? You know, the language thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be a little bit difficult if you get off of the tourist path, you know, we were in Parmukale, we did get off the tourist path a bit and we went over to Denizil, um, which is a fun little town with like zero Westerners in it. And so if you're going to, if that was going to be intimidating, you know, that that's where you're going to get it. And not many people spoke English. And, uh, so I don't know. I mean, depends on your aptitude for trying to learn languages. Um, I love trying to learn new languages, but I mean, I can't say that I'm very good at it. Um, so I'm kind of sloppy and kind of a blunderbuss and, uh, but it, it helps to know just a little bit. Um, but that was one place where communication was kind of a problem in these tourist areas. I mean, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna have a problem. There, you got these British people down here. Uh, tons of British people have already kind of paved the way for you. Most people speak some English in these tourist towns. Not gonna be not gonna be a huge problem. Uh, tipping culture. Um, a ten percent tip at a meal here is considered a very good tip. Uh, we don't do ten percent all the time. We sometimes do it if we know we're gonna come back to a place, especially. We, you know, we don't want to be known as the people that don't tip at all. But you, you can, you can have a meal and not tip. I think the locals here don't—they just don't tip. I mean, very rarely, or they kind of just throw down, you know, a couple bucks from from their pocket or something. That's kind of the best way to do it. Just have some small bills with you. Um, the waiter, waiters in Fedier, at least, you know, they've been very, very friendly, and uh, you know, they're kind of—they they earn their—they earn their tips. Um, there are also these like tip boxes. They're, they pool tips, which is good. You can put put a little money in the tip box. I'll do that every now and then, but I don't tip every single time. Uh, you know, maybe give seven percent to a taxi driver or something like that. On our day trip, uh, that we took to Twelve Islands, I don't think we tipped on that one just because we didn't. You know, we didn't have any small bills, and I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't. I don't think my soul's doomed or something. Like I said, if you have any specific questions, I'm happy to to help with any itinerary stuff. We didn't even talk about Cappadocia. I mean, that Cappadocia is in, in central. That's uh, that's the caves. That's the uh, balloon stuff. They have great wines out there. We we didn't get to go out there on this trip, and that could be something to consider doing a Cappadocia, adding that into your Istanbul. Uh, I don't know. We can keep looking at it. So I uh, hope this uh, hope the Turkey uh, travel guide's helpful. This is basically just going over all the all the little finer details here okay, to uh, get you ready for your trip. This is World Travel Dad. Let's face it: when I'm on the road, I get ripped off a lot, and I'm constantly making a fool of myself. But I'd like to share those moments with you because maybe it'll help you avoid a similar fate or maybe you can just make fun of me.
This week is not a blooper, but I wanted to add one more thing about Turkey, and that's the safety aspect. People routinely ask me about the safety of of the country of Turkey. And if you look on some of the world rankings, the, the rankings are dragged down because of some terrorism that goes on mainly between the PKK, a Kurdish separatist group in the southeast of the country. But that drags down the ranking for the entire country because otherwise the petty crime ranking is extremely low. The risk of um, corruption amongst the police officers and local officials is very low. The risk of more serious violent crime in the tourist areas is almost non-existent. In fact, it's safer in many respects than a lot of Mexican tourist cities. I mean, there are certain tourist towns in Mexico that are dangerous right now, and that's just not the case with Turkey. And so if, that, if, if safety is a consideration, I mean, anywhere in the free world these days, you're going to have evil elements trying to prove a point or do something uh, to gain attention and create terrorist acts. I mean, that's anywhere. That's going to be in any major U.S. city. Um, it'll be it'll be no different in Istanbul. And but if you're on the west coast of Turkey, the the part that I focus uh, my efforts on, the the safety element is very high. Uh, we we allow our kids after dinner to kind of go play around. You'll you'll kind of be in these smaller towns, these neighborhoods. Go play on the beach. And that's very much part of the culture here. They want kids to be outdoors and playing and discovering and being adventurous. And it's very healthy. And that is uh, part of the part of the overall culture. And you can enjoy that, too, while you're here on vacation. You can enjoy it without being um, scared. And it's definitely safe. Uh, the, only thing, the only thing that's in any danger in Turkey is your diet. So... You can keep watching my Instagram to see uh, <clears throat> what beach towns we're going to. I've done a few posts, but I've kind of backed off of that. Um, we, we've been at Fede for a while, but some of the Dacha posts are up, and you can see that that is just a beautiful town. And there's a lot of outdoor opportunities. Uh, my Instagram's World Travel Papa, and my wife is at Some Wonder Travel. Thank you for listening to this show. I am constantly trying to improve through the process of iteration. Your time is valuable, and I appreciate you spending it here. We are now available on Google, Apple, and Spotify. Wherever you are listening, please take a moment to leave a five-star review and hit subscribe. And I promise to do whatever I can to send you good vibes. Good vibes.